Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where resilience in leadership is not simply a good idea. It's absolutely required. I'm J.R. Briggs, and I'm excited about today's topic, so much so that I actually wrote a book about this topic. And I want to give you the opportunity to receive that book on this topic free of charge. Now, stay tuned to the end to know how you can receive that. But let's jump right in. There are lots of leadership resources available today, but I've found very few leadership books that touch on the way in which we present and position ourselves, our posture as leaders. That's our attitudes, our approaches, and our values. Posture has to do with what matters most to us as leaders, and our posture matters more than we might think. I've mentioned my faith informs how I lead, and I live by the conviction that before I'm a leader, I am a follower first. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and that's what I want to talk about on this episode. Now, I live here in the Philadelphia area. A little over 10 years ago, my wife and I walked the well-used path along the Schuylkill River just north of the famous Philadelphia Museum of Art. And we came upon a tucked away plaza containing a series of four statues. These four statues were created by four different artists over 60 years ago. Once or twice a year when the weather's nice, I throw a camping chair in the trunk of my car and I head down to sit and reflect and pray around these four statues. Now, let me share about each one because they inform how we think about leadership. Now, the first statue on the placard reads, Laborer. He wrought miracles. The laborer seems to be an iron worker of some sort, and resting on the top of his head looks like a welder's mask. His face is ruddy, strong, fearless, and ready to work, and his hands are disproportionately larger than the rest of his body. There is protection not only for his head with the mask, but also large gloves for his hands, sturdy boots for his feet, and a thick apron wrapped around his broad waist. Now, as leaders, we must work hard. I've never met an effective spiritual leader who was lazy. Grace is not about doing nothing. It's about working hard, but with the proper gospel motivation. Paul tells us that we are co-laborers. We have to work together. We work with, we do not work alone. We're called to work together with God and with others. And as a leader, we are called to work hard. At just 10 paces to the right of the laborer statue, there's another statue there. It's a stoic bearded man with his right arm over his chest, grasping a book, and his left arm leaning on what seems to be large gears, possibly a scientific instrument. He's looking for preciseness and exacting truth. He's a man of facts. If the laborer is more brawn, the scientist here is more brains. And at the base, the statue reads, scientist. He weighed the stars. As Christian leaders, we traffic in the truth of Jesus, and we want to serve and influence others to follow him too. We are confident with the truth. We don't shy away from it. But like all good scientists, we stand in awe of the grandiosity of the world, God's world, and it keeps us humble. Good spiritual leaders are confidently humble leaders which means that we not only possess the truth, but we have to communicate it with clarity, compassion, courage, and confidence, and to do it in a compelling way. Now, the third statue, the third posture, is much different than the previous two. The placard at the base reads, Poet, he shaped our dreams, even though it seems as though the poet is a woman. 
Where the laborer and the scientist were more masculine and muscular, the poet here seems feminine and tender. Her eyes are closed as if she's dreaming or imagining. Inspiration, reflection, or introspection, I'm not sure. But her left hand is over her chest, and she is embracing a scroll. Can we assume this scroll contains a poem or collection of poems that maybe she's written? Poets are translators of what is happening around us, but more pointedly, what is happening in us. Poets make us make what is unfamiliar familiar and what is familiar unfamiliar. They keep they, they help to keep us and the world and ourselves seeing it with fresh eyes, assisting us to perceive things for the first time again. They have a keen understanding that we see the world and interpret what is important primarily through our hearts, not our heads. The irony of life as a spiritual leader is that scientific discovery of the truth of the gospel, like the scientist statue, couldn't be more hope-filled and compelling. And yet at times, we make the most amazing story ever created seem dry, academic, and heady, and it can come across as boring and uninspiring. You see, humans are wired for stories. Stories move us. They shape us and inspire us. Those who tell the best stories are the ones in control of shaping the culture. Sometimes stories entertain us, but the poet posture is not a call to entertain those who lead, who, who we lead. It is to inspire. What is it that poets do? They don't just write poems. They awaken others through story and possibility. What are they awakening? They're awakening hope. Now think of this question. Think of the question, what is a kiss? Well, the definition of a kiss is the act of two mandibles pressed up against each other in the form of affection. But is that really what a kiss is? Well, yes and no. While that's the literal definition of what a kiss is, it also couldn't be further from the truth. In fact, it's so right, it's actually wrong. That's not what a kiss is. A kiss, as we know, is a gentle rain in the desert a blooming rose in the springtime, a graceful dance, emotional fireworks. It sweeps us off our feet. If all we do as leaders is communicate the literal truth of the good news of Jesus to others, two mandibles pressed up against each other in the form of affection, it will leave others with an uninspiring truth that doesn't move them at all. We must take the truth and present it as a poet. Yes, we must speak boldly, clearly, and with conviction, but we must do it with creativity and passion. Jesus not only communicated truth, he embodied it. Yet when he told the truth, he did not talk about mandibles. Instead, he gave people roses. He shot off fireworks. He invited people to the dance floor. And as leaders, we need to speak to and capture people's hearts not just their minds. But the fourth and final statue and posture is my favorite of them all. It's a pastor in preaching robes leaning slightly forward. It's almost as if he's moving his hands up closer to his ear as if to cup them around his left ear. And at the base of the statue, it reads, Preacher, he guided our ways. When standing under this sculpture, one's eyes are immediately drawn to the large forearms, which guides the eyes up toward the face, which point one's gaze to the ear. You see, the ear of this preacher is disproportionately larger than the other parts of the body. The eyes of the preacher are open, while the mouth is also slightly open, but the sculptor clearly wants to draw us to the ears. 
The irony of this statue, of course, is that we assume our role, especially for pastors and preachers in our culture today, necessitates that the primary body part we use in our calling is our mouth. Certainly, our mouths are important to the process of guiding other people's ways. Words matter, of course. But if our leadership is to be trusted, if it is to possess any real authority, we must be known for our ears. Our culture often assumes leaders should be the experts, the answer givers, the talkers, the fixers, the saviors. But it is the utilization of our ears, not our mouths, where we will have the most influence. As leaders, we must listen to the Spirit. We must listen to our spouse. We must listen to God-honoring and wise friends and family around us and to the people entrusted to our care. Now, how do we put all of these four statues together? How do these four statues meld together into implications for us about our posture as resilient leaders? Now, leadership is all about managing the tension. The laborer seems to be strong and active, someone with a get-it-done personality. There are times where we are called to be people of intentional and courageous action. And yet, on the other end of the spectrum, the pastor seems to be nurturing, receptive. There are times when we as leaders are called to be in a submissive posture of receiving and waiting, actually of refraining from acting. Now, the scientist gives us the impression of being analytical, cognitive, pursuing hard data and facts by using the mind as it explores truth. And there will be times where our leadership will feel, quote unquote, hard, where we unabashedly explore and communicate truth. And yet on the other end of the spectrum is the poet, the inspirational, expressing hope and dreams by using the heart. He or she seems to be communicating truth through the heart. There will be times where our leadership will require a softer side, where we speak with tenderness and gentleness. You see, these four postures, they do not compete with each other. Instead, they complement each other. They all work together. These four statues offer a more robust, four-dimensional approach, which eschews a one-size-fits-all approach to leadership. At times, others will need information, like the scientist and other times they will need inspiration, like the poet. Other times action will be required, like the laborer, while other times contemplation will be needed to know how we are to guide others, like the preacher. But all are necessary. No one posture more important than the other. There's no formulaic approach or equation that we must apply to each situation. We cannot plug each situation into an algorithm to tell us the answer. Leadership is often instinctive and intuitive in nature. And yet, to discern the way forward, we must have our hands and our ears open, asking the Spirit, where and how shall we proceed together? As Jesus said, we're to love the Lord your God with all our heart, like the poet, all our soul, like the preacher all our mind, like the scientist, and all our strength, like the laborer. And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. Leaders, live resiliently by leaning into these four postures. They're all needed, but we need courage to know when they are needed and with whom. Well, thank you for joining me today. Good news, as I mentioned at the top, the topic of today's podcast comes from an ebook that I wrote titled The Four Postures of the Spiritual Leader of the Future. And good news, you can access the ebook for free if you've not yet signed up for my every other week newsletter, Five Things in Five Minutes. This is for you. 
Sign up to receive the free newsletter and I will give you the ebook for free as well. All you have to do is go to the website and to sign up for the newsletter at kairospartnerships.org slash newsletter. I'll also post the information in the show notes to make it super easy for you. Well, this podcast is produced by the highly skilled Joel Limbowen at Onalim Productions. If you've ever thought about starting a podcast, Joel is here to help you take the worry and the stress out of the process. He does that for me, that's for sure. Visit onalimproductions.com for all your video and podcast needs. Leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning, remembering that our posture in leadership is extremely important, more important than we may realize.